Hello and welcome to today's episode of Tech Nuggets. My name is Johannes. I'm a principal with FEV Consulting here in our office in Cologne. And today we're going to talk about the fuel cell. Now everybody's talking about hydrogen right now and fuel cell is just one of those buzzwords which I think nobody really understands what it is all about. And we want to shed some light onto that topic today. Why is it not in the market yet? What are the big technological challenges right now? All of these questions we want to discuss in a very condensed form today. And for that, I've invited a true expert on that topic. Looking forward to our today's discussion. All right, so here with me today is my dear friend and colleague, Marius Walters. Welcome, Marius. Yes, hi, Johannes. Pleasure to have you here. Now we want to talk about fuel cells today. Tell me, why am I talking to you exactly? Yeah, so uh, I'm leading the department of fuel cell and fuel cell systems at FEV. And mm -hmm. uh, yes, I'm convinced that fuel cells uh, will play an important role uh, in the fuel cell and also hydrogen. Sounds promising. I'm looking forward to hear more about that. But before that, we want to make sure that whoever is listening in learns a little bit more about yourself. So I've prepared just three short questions for you, uh, asking for short answers, right? So here we go. Question number one, what was your first car? My first car, uh, Opel Corsa. Really? Yes. <laughs> Opel Corsa A or A or B? A, yes, A. I, I bought it, uh, let's say, uh, for uh, a box of beer, yeah? Box of beer, yeah, that's pretty much pretty right, yeah. But it had, the big, it had the biggest uh, engine, so the 1.4, yeah? So this was important. Oh. So I'm <laughs> laughing because my first car was an Opel Corsa B, 1.2 City Edition, purple, 45 horsepower. It was a nightmare. Anyways, <laughs> so coming to the next question, um, and that is a critical one, motorsports or football? So uh, let's say um, I, uh, I started or my, my, my uh, let's say my motivation for uh, getting or becoming an engineer uh, was uh, for, yeah, from the Formula One, uh, Michael Schumacher. Sure. Uh, this uh, yes, there's this period of time, um, but uh, yeah, becoming older, becoming more, uh, let's say, uh, uh, what yeah, reliable and uh, and uh, so uh, yeah, I, I I think it's important to to use energy efficiently, but uh, uh, driving fast is still something which is uh, uh, making joy. <laughs> So, okay, if, if that is the case, you mentioned Schumacher, but my third question would actually then be James Hunt or Niki Lauda? Ah, then Niki Lauda. Niki Lauda, good choice, I guess, good choice. All right, uh, so much about the introduction. Let's go right into it and let's talk about the fuel cell then. Okay. The fuel cell, this is what we're going to talk about. And probably this is uh, the first mistake to make already because there is no such thing as the fuel cell. Um, there are methanol driven fuel cells, uh, hydrogen, uh, there are terms like SOFC, PM and all that, uh, all that stuff. Can you maybe explain a little bit about what are we actually talking about here? 
Yes, so what all these type of types of fuel cell have in common is that uh, they are electrochemical um, converters of a fuel combined mm -hmm. with air or the oxygen of the air to provide DC power um, for use in the propulsion system or other uh, systems. So that is the uh, what they have in common. Mm -hmm. The big difference is that uh, the different types have uh, um, um, can can operate uh, more or less dynamic. And uh, while we are talking today about propulsion system, the focus is clearly on um, PM fuel cells. Mm -hmm. um, proton exchange membrane fuel cells, where um, we have a high power density, we can operate it uh, in a transient way. And uh, also start-stop cycles are uh, not uh, um, a high uh, issue. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the reason why um, PM plays a key role together with hydrogen. Um, SOFC is also important, but more for the stationary applications. Um, like power plants, uh, CHP systems, and I can also imagine in in very stationary propulsion system like marine that they can play a role in the future. Okay, so that sounds quite promising. Then you fuel your vehicle um, quite quickly with hydrogen. About one kilogram of hydrogen will bring you something like a hundred kilometer range. You don't really have emissions um, out of your vehicle. It all sounds really good, um, but then again, there are fuel cell-powered vehicles out there for quite a while now. Uh, what are we really waiting for right now? Yeah, good question. What are we waiting for? Um, from an end-user perspective, um, we are waiting for refueling stations. Mm -hmm. So if we look to Germany, um, Scandinavia, or also um, outside Europe, Japan, California, there are a lot of refueling stations or let's say a number of refueling station refueling stations that you can really use your vehicle and drive also longer distances mm -hmm. um, but to bring it uh, into uh, um, the uh, the entire markets um, there uh, you um, we need more of this and a better infrastructure and especially also for commercial vehicles mm -hmm. we need improved infrastructure. So this is the infrastructure side. Um, when we look to the propulsion system, um, I would say we are uh, uh, we are still waiting or uh, looking for the costs. So this is mm -hmm. the main development target, uh, bringing the costs down and also the price down so that it's attractive for um, for for private customers, uh, but also for uh, commercial customers, which are more looking to the TCOs. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this uh, is, uh, let's say, the main issue there, design for manufacturing, um, economy of scale. Um, these are the, the main topics on, on the development side. Okay, so these are, let's say, the, the topical development topics to bring down costs, right? Design for manufacturing, uh, increasing scale, optimizing design. It's not like there's just that one material that makes it so expensive. No, so it, it is not it is not one uh, topic uh, to uh, to change and then uh, everything is going into the right direction. So there are work has to be done on several levels. Um, when we look to the material side, for sure, um, uh, reducing 
precious metal is still um, an, sure. an important topic. Uh, we, on the one hand side, we have the catalyst, but we are today on a level um, per vehicle, um, like we like we have for for combustion engines in the um, exhaust after treatment. So we are mm -hmm. talking about something between uh, 10 to 15 uh, gram of uh, um, platinum for for a single passenger car. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and uh, and if we uh, if we look to the stack, uh, the coating is a topic uh, um, to uh, to to be improved and uh, with cost reduction potential. And uh, the hydrogen tank of for for sure is uh, um, is a second um, um, yeah most expensive um, part on the powertrain level, followed by the compressor expander module. Because that tank is made from carbon fiber, and carbon fiber is quite expensive yeah. today, right? It it it's a tank uh, with a plastic liner wrapped mm -hmm. with carbon fiber, and the expensive part is or the the most expensive. Um, material is a carbon fiber, and uh, another big cost share um, in the end is also the certification of the hydrogen systems. All right, so it's an improvement of the overall system to bring down costs. It's not like in 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 battery technology, everyone's waiting for the solid state battery uh, to have the big breakthrough. Uh, there's not that one topic here. We are talking about full system um, optimization. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So talking about sustainability then, and sustainability is a big word because it comprises CO2 emissions, toxic pollutants, um, the whole life cycle basically with uh, recycling in the end and raw materials in the beginning. Now we discussed raw materials, we discussed the um, emissions. Uh, let's talk about CO2 and the whole life cycle then. We're taking electricity to create hydrogen to transport it and then doing it all backwards again and create the same electricity from that hydrogen that you had in the beginning, just a little bit less. It doesn't sound very smart, to be honest. Uh, why is it still a good idea to do that? Yeah, um, it is still a good idea to do that because you have to think about the entire um, electric grid and how this system looks like. Mm. Um, so. If we look to uh, to Germany and also to many other countries, um, you don't have 100% uh, renewable energy um, on time available. So you need to store renewable energy uh, mm. to provide constantly electric power when it's needed. Yeah? Uh, so, and there will hydrogen will play a key role um, because uh, you can you can store the electricity using electrolyzer um, very easily uh, and produce hydrogen. And you can store hydrogen in a similar way like you store today natural gas in salt caverns, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and you have a, a fluid which is an enabler to import energy because we will, we will still need energy import uh, from abroad to Germany or Europe. Right. So yeah. that, that is, I think, a very important thing here right now. When we're talking about the fuel cell and, and hydrogen, we are not only talking about the technology in the vehicle, we are always directly talking about the full hydrogen society from cradle to grave, pretty much, right? Yes, we are talking about this. And coming back to your, let's say, main uh, question regarding 
um, why are you converting um, electricity to hydrogen? So you will do it in the grid anyway uh, yeah. to, to provide electricity uh, whenever it is needed. Right. Um, and if you then really, if you compare different um, uh, propulsion systems and, and how they are refueled from, uh, from, yeah, from fuel production uh, to the wheel, um, then uh, we will see that that the fuel cell, when we when we consider all use cases, uh, which uh, uh, which will happen in an energy system, on average, uh, won't be uh, so bad uh, compared to a battery electric vehicle, and maybe in some conditions, maybe also better. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that is the reason why we for sure will have both technologies also in an all electric world. Understood. So that's what's needed to get the breakthrough for fuel cell, yeah? green energy, first of all, and then a good infrastructure and the technology to you know, become cheaper and uh, make it more affordable for the end customer. Is, is that it? Yes, I would say this is in a nutshell, I would say uh, the, uh, the most important part. Yeah. All right. But still, there are some, you know, customer concerns. And I think the most popular one is, OK, you, you want me to pump hydrogen in my vehicle at high pressure. Isn't it all going to explode eventually? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I, I understand that uh, that this view exists, um, but I also see that there is also a lot of acceptance uh, for 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 this fuel. And I think we have to we have to understand that the risks are, are different, but on average, we have uh, we have a similar um, uh, risk level. So today you fuel um, uh, a fuel to your vehicle without uh, gloves, uh, which can mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, create cancer. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so we also accept this risk. Um, so uh, and if we look to the to the storage itself, uh, we have pure hydrogen inside for sure on a high pressure, which I would say is the, the main issue, but you have only the fuel inside, only hydrogen, not mixed with air, like you have mm -hmm. today in a, in a liquid storage for diesel or gasoline. Um, so it is a risk we can handle, uh, and uh, I don't want to ignore or say that there is no one, but, uh, but it's something which can be handled and is already handled um, with, uh, within the hydrogen storage systems. Okay, so we are getting closer to market introduction, but we are always joking uh, when I started with FEV almost 10 years ago now, um, to be honest. Um, we always said back then already, fuel cells will be out there in 10 years approximately. Now, 10 years later, we are still saying, yeah, maybe, maybe in 10 years. What's your take on that? Uh, when will it come and in which vehicles first? So I would say we will see um, both passenger cars and commercial vehicles, but with a um, with a focus on the commercial vehicles mm -hmm. at, uh, at at the beginning, um, because there the pressure is very high regarding um, carbon dioxide emissions and also pollutant emissions. Right. Um, so looking on the time, uh, maybe first, I would say nearly all players. Are currently working on on, on on fuel cell propulsion system. Yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes uh, there are some other voices, but uh, um, I would say 
this is uh, something we uh, we should we should be aware of that that all key players, mm. OEMs and tier ones are working on on on, on fuel cells, um, so they will be one piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, that's that's for sure, uh, and uh, we're getting closer. We we are getting closer. So looking to the time, I would say yeah, we see the fleets in the uh, the, the first fleets already so looking to Switzerland, mm -hmm. um, but uh, there will be follow up projects in other areas and from other OEMs. Um, so uh, yeah, I would say within the next one or two years uh, we see this kind of fleets, and uh, in the two twenty uh, thirties we will we will see also uh, really market introductions. All right. Well, then, thanks for your insights. Uh, maybe one last question, um, because, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, FED is really putting fuel cells to test right now um, by testing reliability, safety and performance, uh, of course, um, by developing a system for the Ready Dakar. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, so this is really an exciting project uh, where we develop a 200 kilowatt fuel cell system for a race application for this very harsh conditions. And I think we combine you both. We uh, we have the emotion, so we show together with our customer that uh, that fuel cell uh, can also be a race propulsion system uh, for high speed and high performance. And on the other hand side, um, technology will be developed, uh, which uh, uh, brings benefits to uh, commercial vehicles and also passenger cars, mm. uh, because we have very high temperatures, we have shock vibrations, we have uh, very sandy um, uh, boundary conditions. So that will be a good outcome also for for the daily life. Right. That uh, indeed sounds really exciting. Um, keep me posted on that. And uh, for sure, I'm waiting for my invitation for the first test drive, right? For sure, you will be invited to the to the race and also to the test drive uh, because you are our, our FEV racing guy, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you very much, Marius, for taking the time to the, uh, today. I hope you enjoyed it a little bit. Yeah, thank you very much, Johannes, for invitation. I really liked it and I hope to be invited again. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And uh, we will find topics. Maybe uh, the benchmark that is coming up, you will be getting the new Toyota uh, Mirai quite soon. We are going to tear it down, disassemble it to the single components. Maybe that's something we can talk about next time, right? Yes. All right. Well, then, uh, I hope you enjoyed tuning in, listening to it or watching it. Uh, if you did, please let us know. Also, um, let us know if you have ideas how to improve it or if you have a certain technology that you want us to discuss in this format. We are happy about any kind of feedback. Yeah. So thanks for watching and uh, see you next time. Next time it will be Patrick talking. Take care. Bye bye.